on uh, the situation surrounding refugees and how Canada is managing it and what we might or might not want to do differently and um, more of, in fact. You know, millions and millions of Ukrainians have been forced from their homes during Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I believe uh, about 11 million was the latest number that I saw. Displaced, some of them still within the country, but almost 5 million have fled Ukraine altogether. Um, Meanwhile, things not good in Russia either. And we can't lose sight of this. Not the same situation, I understand, but uh, Putin has clamped down on dissension in that country, throwing protesters in jail. You can't even say the word war, I think, in some locations. You get up to 15 years in jail. Uh, Shutting down all independent media, uh, really controlling the information. Uh, We know the economy is teetering, and there are people that are looking to flee that country as well. Now, already, Canada has opened the doors to Ukrainian refugees, as you know. Should we do more? Should we do more on that front? And should... We do similar things for people looking to flee Russia. Our next guest says, yes, she's here to tell us why. We're going to chat now with Sabine El-Chidiak. Sabine is a political science and policy enthusiast, educational programs manager at Liberal Studies, and an ex-advisor to two Canadian immigration ministers. Sabine, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks so much for having me on. So Canada, as we know, has thrown the doors open to Ukrainian refugees um, at this point. And I think the moral obligation is pretty clear. Most of us have a very good understanding of that situation. Um, But you say we're in a really good position to do this, and it makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels. It's a bit of a no-brainer for Canada, right? I think it is. Uh, I think it's great that we've done this emergency program. Um, Anything that helps Ukrainians get to Canada faster is great by me. Uh, of course, there's more that we can be doing on that front as well. Uh, for example, what we're doing right now is uh, temporary, three years long. Uh, Ukrainians can come here for three years. Uh, but I think that we should be creating a distinct pathway for permanent residency, for one, uh, so that if they decide to stay at the end, they're able to do that without having to jump through a bunch of hoops um, and saying that they're a student or they're high-skilled workers or something like that. If they're here for three years, they ought to be able to stay. Uh, and, you know, uh, just offering a full slate of services extended to refugees to these people even though they're coming through a tourist um, a tourist visa situation. And, and other things like, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, in terms of, we hear this, you know, we're expediting this, we're speeding this up, we're making it easier. I'm just wondering, what are we doing and what could we be doing more? Because I, I, we are hearing reports that, you know, they are arriving here, but some of the people who are ready to welcome them here are saying, you know, we were expecting a lot more, but they got tied up in the process. It's not as smooth as people think. Um, what could we be doing a better job of? Yeah, definitely we could be doing more uh, on the uh, front of when they arrive in Canada, getting them the settlement services that they need quicker, faster. One thing that we could be doing more of is helping those that want to privately sponsor refugees in Canada to do that a lot more easily. Uh, Right now, there's so much bureaucratic red tape wrapped around that. Uh, They can't even put in applications until May, most of of the sponsorship agreement holders. And people who, uh, individuals who want to do it with, for other people, there's a group of five program where you can just get five Canadians, get, get together, uh, get the funds together to bring a refugee to Canada and look after them for that first year financially and emotionally. But they have to get something like a United Nations designation uh, for that refugee. And it's just so much work to do that. If we were to just change those rules, and it's not that hard to do, uh, that'll make things a lot easier and a lot faster for these refugees to get to Canada through that. So opening up all everything to them is great. 
every stream possible. I mean, and, and shouldn't, you know, when we talk about private sponsorships or, you know, citizens getting involved in helping with this process, we should have a, you know, a game plan. We should have a framework in place based on what happened with Syria. That's how a lot of the uh, refugees from Syria were brought into this country. So, I mean, it's not like we're starting from scratch, right? No, we're not. And I've been, I've, I've been calling for this for a long time. Just, there, there's small changes that you can make that can make the process a lot easier. And if this crisis shows us anything, it's that we really have to have every single process that we possibly can open uh, in a time of crisis like this. Um, now, the interesting uh, point that you make in your piece, and uh, I'm, not everybody agrees with you in the audience. Some do, but some don't. And that is Russia. Um, we know that there's uh, all kinds of pressures on the people of Russia right now. And um, has the Canadian government done anything to change you know, what might be done or could be done to help people wanting to flee Russia? Nothing yet. So uh, my co-author, we, we, Ilya Soman and I, we just released something in the Golden Mail talking about this. And um, what we're arguing is that there are Russians who need to get out. Dissidents and journalists who are standing up against Putin's war, uh, they are in a lot of danger. If they need to leave the country, if they wish to leave the country, they should be able to come to Canada. But also the technical professionals, young, multilingual Russians who don't want any part of the war, those are people that could come to Canada and really benefit our economy, uh, You know, start a new life here if they wish. Uh, they don't want to be part of this. They're not part of it. And as you said, Shay, earlier, you said that uh, they can go to jail for 15 years just for saying the word war yeah. uh, or invasion. I mean, this is the kind of thing that they're up against. So, of course, we should be considering bringing Russians here that are against this war. Now, the moral obligation there, is it the same? Or, I mean, obviously, we're in a position here where the Ukrainians that we're helping are fleeing um, risking life and limb to get out of a country that's under military attack. So do you think the moral obligation is somewhat different to that threshold than it is for what we're seeing with the people of Russia? I mean, uh, are their lives threatened? You, 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 how big of a gap is there between the moral obligation for the two countries? Certainly anybody who's being threatened with imprisonment or perhaps uh, more than that. We don't really know what's going on uh, in Russia with, with people that are defending the war. Um, morally, we should be bringing people to Canada if they want to come to get away from an authoritarian regime. The authoritarian regime is in Russia. They're, there's people that are, uh, that are being oppressed by this authoritarian regime in Russia. And those people in Ukraine are also being oppressed and killed by this authoritarian regime should also be uh, accepted in Canada. So I think that we are able to accept Ukrainians and, ref- and Russian refugees. So why not do it? Um, we know that there's overwhelming support among the Canadian population for the Ukrainian refugees. Has there been any um, investigation into how Canadians would feel about welcoming Russian refugees on top of that? I haven't seen anything uh, any anything out there um, talking about that yet. I'd love to see the numbers on that. But I think that once you explain to Canadians that uh, you know, these are dissidents, they're journalists who are standing up against Putin's war. These are young people who are just IT professionals for the most part, who just want to continue working, want to get out of there so they're not hurt by this war as well, or, or just want to immigrate to a new country and start a new life and get away from this authoritarian regime. Um, I bet that a lot of people will probably agree that that's the right thing to do. Yeah, really, really interesting discussion. Sabine, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for having me here. That is Sabine El Chidiak, who is a political science and policy enthusiast, an educational programs manager at Liberal Studies, and an ex-advisor to two Canadian immigration ministers. Is she right? Now that you know the situation, and we do know what the story is when it comes to um, people in Russia, do we 
think that it's um, something that we'd like to do. Would you be interested in opening the doors 